1: That's what I, mean. I always say. You always follow yeah, the money.
4: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
2: Check out the daily breakdowns and the game-by-game analysis in every sport. They do a great job over at winnersandwiners.com, including David Hess, who is great on Major League Baseball, including totals. You can get his uh, free total today by texting VSIN to the area code 320. 350-3500, that's VEASAN, 320-350-3500, and go check out the analysis and the uh, breakdowns in every sport at winnersandwiners.com. Matt Eumann today filling in for Paulie Howard. We'll begin this hour talking a little Major League Baseball. We'll get to uh, today's card coming up, Matt. Um, in terms of uh, baseball overall, the Yankees tonight taking on the Rays, how about that lineup they trotted out there last night? And Cortez was nasty again. This is completely legit now, right, with him two months into the season where, like, he might be their best starting pitcher. And I got to tell you, like, the numbers tell you as well, he's right there in the mix
1: for the American League Cy Young. He's been the Yankees' best pitcher. He's been better than Garrett Cole. Yeah. If you look at Nasty Nestor going into last night's start at the Trop, he was 3-1 with 180 ERA, a whip of 0.89. All those numbers are better than Garrett Cole. 12 12- uh, he also had 11.2 strikeouts per nine. That's better than Cole. Uh, 56 strikeouts in 45 innings. I bet I bet the Rays yesterday. I lost with the Rays. Nasty uh, Nestor lived up to his name, and uh, the Rays couldn't get anything off him. I thought it was a perfect time to bet against the Yankees. They had no Stanton, no Donaldson, no DJ LeMahieu in the lineup. Their top bullpen arm unavailable, and uh, the Yankees managed to score some garbage runs early in the game on a actually not early in the game, I think the fifth or sixth inning, on a throwing error, a wild pitch, yep. uh, things like that. And they got up and won the game 7-2. to That was a bad beat if you played the under last night, by the way. That was 4 nothing going to the uh, ninth last night. It was, and, yep. and It got over the total. Uh, that was probably the bad beat of the night in baseball. Uh, but, yeah, I, I liked the Rays yesterday and it backfired because Cortez has been the ace for the Yankees. And he you can make a case that he's been the best pitcher in the American League. So Judge
2: was batting leadoff last night. Yeah. So you, you take a couple of those sticks out of the lineup, and that's what's going to happen. Now they get another, well, they get a lefty tonight in Springs who's been pretty good for Tampa, very small sample size. Uh, I will. I went back and looked at the Yankees versus lefties so far this year. You want to talk about an, a scheduling quirk? Mm-hmm. Boy, is this odd. The last six lefties they've faced, Zimmerman, Zimmerman twice from the Orioles, Keuchel, twice from the White Sox.
1: Dallas Keuchel shouldn't even be a major league no. starter at this point.
2: And Kikuchi, twice from the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So, back-to-back, both all three guys. Right. How often does that happen?
1: And Springs is probably the best lefty they've faced. That, Jeffrey.
2: And what is that saying? I mean, he, again. It's not he's, saying a lot. But no. Jeff,
1: Jeffrey Spring, Springs has pitched 27 innings this season. Uh, just by watching the four of those pitchers, I would say he's the best lefty the Yankees have faced. But he's. He's not a sight Young candidate.
2: I'm not going to fight you too much on that. Kikuchi's had his moments this year. He's okay. But you look at the Rays now at home. They've, By the way, Tampa has been really good against the Yankees over what, the past two or three years probably?
1: I'll give you some numbers here. The Rays, 11-8 and eight against the Yankees last season, outscored them 98-50. to 50. Tough. The previous season, 2020, when it was an abbreviated 60-game schedule, the Rays were 8-2 and two against the Yankees. Wow. So the last two years, not including the playoff series that the Rays beat the Yankees in, the Rays are nineteen and ten going into last night and uh had outscored the Yankees by about fifty runs, more than fifty runs in those games. I thought it was a good spot for the Rays last night, but uh Nestor Cortez was too good.
2: Okay, so what do you think of the number this morning with Springs around a dollar twenty favorite here against Jameson Tyon, who's been pretty good so far this year for the pinstripers?
1: Tyon, Tyon has been pretty good. I, I still think maybe it's I like the Rays here. I'm not crazy about the number. I was hoping it was going to be more around minus 105 for the Rays. That's kind of what I expected. But I saw the overnight uh, was a little bit higher. Right now it's circa minus 119. Springs, I said he's got 27 innings pitched. He's allowed 15 hits. He struck out 27. Mitch, he's allowed only one home run. He's got a whip of 0.80. Nobody's really been able to hit this. Yeah, right, yet. right. Solid so far. And if you if the Yankees are still without Lemayhew, Donaldson, and Stanton, i got to take my shot with the Rays again tonight. I kind of like it, And Tyon's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rays were 15-8 in the month of May going into last night's game. Uh, I still like this Rays team. And anybody who follows the Yankees can tell you that they have been dominated by the Rays at the Trop. Going back, I want to say at least in recent years, going back several years, the Yankees have always found it tough to win at the Trop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... And I, I think the Springs kid is... One of the better pitchers nobody really knows about yet, but we'll see. He's only got 27 innings. In general, how do you find yourself betting baseball in 2022,
2: which has been a weird year, but I think we say that almost every year in the sport nowadays. Uh, Are you
1: betting more team totals? Are you betting first innings, first fives, full games? I never bet first innings. Uh, I can understand guys who do bet. I've got to kind of train myself to think differently in terms of betting baseball. I've got to bet more first fives. Mm Mm-hmm. I've always been a traditional bet the game, baseball better, uh, bet, the, bet the game, bet the total. And I haven't played enough first fives. And the last couple of years, I've been trying to train myself to bet more first fives. Whether it's put a half a unit on the first five, half unit on the game, or just bet the first five and not the game. Because a lot of times, my analysis is going to be based on the starting pitcher. Sure, And you don't want to leave your fate up to a bullpen that can implode in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. So I think... It's a better strategy to bet the first five. Now, last night, if you like the Angels, it didn't matter. Uh, Shohei Ohtani, I think the Angels were minus 160 for the game. Ohtani was minus 175 in the first five, uh. and he, he got beat up in the first five. Yeah, they, they got to him right away. Springer a
2: leadoff home run again. Ohtani gave up five earned runs last night. A couple of bombs. Did strike out 10, but yeah. they were losers as a big favorite last night. Um, yeah, I've been betting first fives now more and more over the last handful of years, and team totals too. Uh, I wish... There you can it's tough to find first five team totals, which is another mm-hmm. good angle to bet baseball, but not right. a lot of books have that out here in Las Vegas. I'm gonna have a bet on a first three today, which you can find out here too, and and a lot of other jurisdictions as well. So and that's gonna involve um I can the, the two lefties are going at it today. Uh Padres against the Pirates. This is g- gonna be Quintana against Manea. Yeah. So when you look at overall like ROI, how teams have been against left-handed pitchers, situational baseball. The Pirates overall, 8-7 and seven against lefties this year, but the ROI, because they're going to be dogs in most of these matchups and a lot of times significant dogs, they are plus 30% with the ROI, and if you're betting $100 bucks in every game, you're plus 463 betting the Pirates against lefties this year. The problem is they don't have good numbers against lefties. They're 20th in OPS, 25th in on base, 18th in average and in slugging, And I'll give you a breakdown of uh, recent lefties they faced Uh, Freeland, Mats, Smiley, Miley. Um, So, not a lot of big names in there.
1: Right.
2: Uh, Meanwhile, I take on the Padres. They are the best team in terms of uh, a money team against lefties. They're 12 and 4, plus 42%. They are ninth in OPS, fourth in on base, 10th in average and in slugging. And recent lefties they have faced Ashby, they lost. They crushed Alex Wood and the yep. Giants, beat Rodon, although they didn't do much off of him, and they crushed Max Freed. Yep. So those four pitchers I just rattled off right now are better than any pitchers the Pirates have faced as a lefty, and the Padres have been pretty good against them. I'm going to go first three and probably first five minus a half with Manea today on the mound for the Padres.
1: Okay. It can get a little— I, I don't. i I'm not going to disagree with that. I
2: think no. one time through the lineup— and you know,
1: I Because when you look at the Padres for the game, you don't want to lay $2. No, no, I don't, I
2: don't want uh, I, I to. I really don't. I'm not afraid to to lay some numbers in baseball occasionally. I'm not a fan of laying in that range. I don't lay I don't like to lay $2. You talk about that all the time. I mean, if you if you are laying, I'll give you an example. The Yankees the other day when Cole was on the mound. They opened up minus oh. minus $3. He was bet to like 350, I believe. Yeah. So if you bet that game by itself and you lose on a 350 mm-hmm. favorite, now you have to win a bunch of games just to get that one back.
1: You basically got to win your next five games to get back a little bit ahead. Pretty much, it's tough to you, do. You just lost three and a half units there. If, that, yep. if That's a. That's why I I always say you got to draw the line somewhere in baseball betting, and there's always exceptions to the rule. So I don't have a hard rule, but I try to I try to limit my baseball favorites to minus one fifty. Well, sometimes, if I actually love a matchup, love a game, I'll stretch it to minus one seventy, minus one eighty. But that's very rare. You can't lay big numbers consistently when you're betting baseball. But you have no chance to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this last summer. I don't. I mean, seriously, if you think about it, if you're playing a high volume of, uh, of plays in baseball and you're laying one twenty and one thirty, that's that's going to make it challenging to stay ahead of yep. the game. If if you drop some of those favorites, if you're dropping uh, one twenty or one thirty favorites, and I know a lot of people who will routinely lay. $150, dollars $2. Damn. It's just tough to do. It's uh, Baseball is a lot tougher sport to beat than people think.
2: I, I will say this. You can't ignore one side of the betting sheet with favorites. You can't. But right. in baseball, my eyeballs gravitate to the – and in most sports. My, but in baseball, on a money line bet like this, my eyeballs gravitate to the dog almost always first. And then I will, I'll come back and look at the favorite and see what it looks like. Uh, yeah. we, we had this conversation last year during the original summer of Pauly when he was out. Right. Uh, how when we did this a lot, like we tapped out, we're like, we can't bet run lines anymore. Uh-huh. Every time we bet a run line last year, it's
1: like, it's something crazy would happen. I haven't bet one this I, year. I haven't bet one this You know who's got a lot of value? Uh, Paul Blackburn of the A's. Oh, he, yeah. You've probably bet him as a dog a couple times. He's a... Uh, A's are a bad team, but he's a really good pitcher. You can get a good prices. I had him this week against Robbie Ray. Plus 165 right? right?
2: Yeah, plus uh, 155 for the okay. first five is what yeah. I bet him. Yep. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only 39 bucks. You can get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at com. And all subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Daily Major League Baseball Best Bets, Von Tobel all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil, same thing, Stanley Cup Playoffs, and lots of NFL preseason coverage not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL and NASCAR. If you want the full Vsin experience, you're going to get a daily best bet email, every edition of point spread weekly. It's 39 bucks. That's it. All the way through July 31st. Sign up now at slash summer
0: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn.
2: Criminal trials for one of those candidates –
1: VSET, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, here are today's top horse racing plays from ExpressBet analyst Jeff Siegel. Both from Santa Anita in race seven. Jeff likes number five, Gritty Girl, at three to one odds. And in race nine, Jeff has number two, Ghostum, on top at four to one. Bet these races and all the others on the First Bet app. Sign up today with First Bet using codes VEGAS1000 for an instant. $10 free plus up to a $1,000 bonus. Go to VSEN.com slash horses for details. com slash horses. So we have plenty of football coming up this hour. In fact,
2: in 15 minutes, professional sports better Paul Stone's going to join the program. Matt, all right. He, he has more than 30 bets in college football already this year. I know. 30. You know yeah. when I uh, – go ahead.
1: What are you going to say? Paul lives in Texas, but he drives to Louisiana to bet the games and he flies out to Vegas to bet the games. Oh, it's uh, the definition of in the a month dedication. of dedication. Yep. Yeah.
2: When I first moved to Las Vegas in my 20s and I, I eventually started to meet like some pros in the business, mm-hmm. and you, you get to talking about all these sports, the, the general rule of thumb from a lot of guys, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago was come Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to get caught up on college football sure. and I'll be ready to go for the season. You can't wait until this weekend anymore. You, you you need to be caught up by probably
1: early to the middle of May. You're right. Uh, I started doing a bunch of college football work a couple weeks ago, uh, but I probably got a late start on it. You know, basically got a late start because of working on the NFL draft. Oh, there's
2: so much other stuff going on.
1: A lot of other things we were working on, and uh, there is no offseason no. anymore. There used to be a dead time in the summer. When uh, I was a sports betting columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, after the NBA Finals, you could kind of take like a month, month and a half, where you didn't really have a whole lot to do. Uh, You had the NBA draft, the British Open. There's just not much going on. Uh, Now there's constantly stuff going on, which is good for us because we need content for the show. on the clock. It's good if you're a sports bettor. But, you know, we had Brad Powers on the show yesterday in the afternoon. You have him on the show often. Brad says he can't ever remember a time where you've had this many college football numbers up in the month of May. He's right. And it's great for the bettors.
2: Uh, absolutely it is. And I'm sure Brad fired on a bunch of them. 25, 30, yeah. whatever it was, 35 <laughs> bets right. himself. Uh, you can also bet on this. We'll give you the odds coming up here in a minute. But uh, your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick getting a workout here with the Raiders this week, according to some, depends on who you believe. Some reports said ah, largely positive. Others said, you know, a lot of work to do for this guy.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's strictly a PR move or what it is. If uh, maybe the Raiders have some genuine interest in Kaepernick and think that uh, he could be a number two quarterback. Right now, the Raiders have four quarterbacks on the roster. I think the, the number two, if they started today, would probably be Jared Stidham, who they just acquired in a trade from the Patriots. Josh McDaniels obviously knows him well from New England. So Stidham's number two. I think Nick Mullins is probably right there in competition for the number two job. And then uh, the number four, the camp arm, would be Chase Garbers from Cal. Uh, Is Kaepernick better than Stidham or Nick Mullins? I don't know. I would tend to doubt it. I really don't understand why this is being hyped so much. Colin Kaepernick's strength as a quarterback, when the Niners made the Super Bowl, Mitch, remember he was a dynamic quarterback. He could get outside the pocket, run, make plays. He's got a great arm. He's still got a live arm. No question about it, but he's 34 years old. Is he going to have that type of mobility at 34 that made him so dangerous when the Niners were a Super Bowl team? I would doubt it. I don't think so. So his strength when it, when he was a, a big-time starting quarterback in the NFL is no longer going to be a strength because he's not going to have that same type of mobility. Um, why did ESPN hype this up yesterday? It was a top story on the website with videos and everything. A workout, a Colin Kaepernick workout, to be a backup quarterback for the Raiders on a day when you got the NBA and NHL playoffs going on. I don't know why this is such a big story, but how about what Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk said about
2: this? Now, this is a huge reach, in my opinion. Yeah, This is Florio's tweet uh, this week when he said, Kaepernick, who took time off uh, with time to knock off the rust and prepare, would be better than any other options. The Seahawks... The Panthers and the Texans currently have. I got to tell you, I would say no. He's way wrong on Houston. Uh, no, Colin like
1: Mike, Ka- Florio's wrong about a lot of things. a lot of he's things. He's not a very shrewd football. Analyst. You're
2: telling me that Kaepernick right now this minute uh, is better than Davis Mills? No, no chance. There's absolutely not no. not a chance on earth that that that's
1: true. Some guys who are reporters need to stick to reporting and yeah. uh, forget the analysis. Yeah, and ha-
2: yeah. they don't. You don't have to have an opinion on everything. Uh, he also says he'd be better than Tua. Say no. what you want about two no. off. Colin Kaepernick is not better than Tega Viola right now.
1: He hasn't played since 2016, and the last time he played, he wasn't that good. Right, yes. Now,
2: you can bet on this uh, stuff offshore. Next team, if he suits up, Raiders plus 225.
1: If he suits up. So if he doesn't suit up, do you get your money back?
2: No, because uh, you can also bet not on an active roster. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Minus $4. Ooh. That's the favorite. Yeah. Uh. Seahawks plus nine fifty. Panthers and Lions also on the betting board. I would
1: probably take the Seahawks.
2: I'd take a shot on the Seahawks. Would you? What would you need to bet not on an active roster for Week One? It's minus four dollars right now. Would you lay two dollars,
1: dollar fifty? Maybe, maybe around two bucks. I would not. I wouldn't lay four. No, of course, too too much steeper price. I mean, also you got to consider the uh, preseason's been shortened, so you have less of a chance of injuries in the preseason. But don't don't you think the Seahawks need more on their quarterback depth chart than what they have? And right. I'm not saying Kaepernick's the answer. We got Drew Locke and was he backed up by Geno. Geno Smith, Smith or vice versa? Don't you need more than that? I mean, you, if there's you, a team I think that would take a shot on Baker Mayfield, it should be the Seahawks or the Panthers. But Kaepernick seems like a more likely option for one of those teams. Okay. Probably uh, the Seahawks.
2: You you you're telling me that you're punting on the season if in May your quarterbacks are Drew Locke. And Geno huh? Smith, yeah. you're basically tanking, especially in that division.
1: Not, you know, you're not going to win many games with those quarterbacks. Yeah.
2: Uh, we've talked about this uh, during the week. We had Bob uh, Buschusen on, uh-huh. uh,
1: who's been Does a great. great job by the way. His play-by-play on hockey's been really good. Oh, it's superb. He also calls games for the
2: Jets. We asked him about what the Jets' win total at five and a half. Well, a lot of people think that that's going to go over. They think this team's going to be much improved, including mm-hmm. the Jets' head coach. Here's Robert Sala this week.
1: No, we're, we're better, um, I, and I know we're going to be better. And uh, um, we're young, uh, we're a year older, um, we brought in some really cool pieces, a lot of guys who, who stand for the right stuff, who are who, who live and breathe football. And uh, um, now it's just a matter of trying to gain that continuity and, and confidence and, and uh, again, just take it one game at a time. So.
2: Well, he's the head coach, but he says uh, he knows that they're going to be better. Are you confident that Zach Wilson is going to make
1: a big leap no, in year two? I'm not that confident, but I do think the Jets are going to be better. And obviously, how much better they're going to be has a lot to do with Zach Wilson. But I thought the Jets had an excellent draft. Joe Douglas yeah, is too. a GM. He knows what he's doing. I will say there are a lot of GMs in the NFL who are clueless and really don't have a plan. We've seen that with the Chicago Bears. Right? The Bears haven't had a competent plan for the last uh, five or six years. And they're gonna pay the price again this year. Yeah. The Bears are gonna be another under team this year. I I do think the Jets have reason to be optimistic. And to me, it starts with Joe Douglas. I think he's made some smart moves and personnel. But I yes, I still have some questions about Zach Wilson. I'm I'm not convinced that he's gonna take that big step up. A lot of people do. I do think the roster has improved. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. They got him weapons, right? They addressed that for him.
2: Um I will say this. I you know, If you ever hear me calling out a young player like Zach Wilson and saying that he has no chance, please let me know about it because I don't like to do that. And I don't, there, there, I've said this before on the show. There have been like three big names who came out of college that I said they can't play in the NFL. And I was adamant about it Vince Young, Tim Tebow, and Johnny Menzel. Other than that, because they never translated to the NFL, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. it worked out that way. But I I like to give younger guys a couple of chances, right? Like I'm not going to write off Tua, I can't do that yet. Has he been good? Absolutely not. But can I say that he's going to be a disaster for his entire career? I think that's jumping the gun a little bit. Zach Wilson, uh, I need to see it to believe it, but he was a rookie last year. So maybe he can make that leap. Maybe it doesn't come this year, but maybe eventually he does improve. I I know this, their schedule. You probably all know about this, right? They start off with the first four games getting the AFC North. Baltimore at home. At Cleveland, which could be... That's good. That's not going to be Deshaun Watson. Come on, Watson's not playing in game two. Uh,
1: we'll talk about Deshaun Watson more on Monday's show and get into that situation a little bit more. Yeah, but uh, it's not going to be Watson quarterbacking the Browns in week two. I actually, I think the Jets got a decent chance to. Uh, you know, one thing with a young team, you want them to be able to win a couple games early to build some confidence. The schedule is not easy, but they should be able to beat the Browns in week two. I would think so. Yes, yeah. and maybe at Pittsburgh. And they could beat the Steelers. I, I really think if you look through the first six weeks, there's a decent chance, and that schedule is going to get even a little bit tougher after that, but I think there's a decent chance the Jets could be three and three through six weeks.
2: Well, because the AFC North, after that, I mean, so it is Miami at home. They're also improved. They added a lot in the offseason, and then it goes at Green Bay, at Denver, New England back at home, Buffalo at that's home. That's a tough stretch. Oh, that's, that's a, brutal,
1: a brutal stretch. Yeah. I don't know if they win a game there. It <laughs> might not.
2: Those are all four pretty much rock-solid teams. Well, a lot
1: of it's going to depend on what you started this uh, discussion with. How much is better is Zach Wilson going to be? Mm-hmm. If he can take a big jump, the Jets will have a chance to pull a couple of yeah. upsets. Don't forget, they beat the Bengals last season. Let's follow the money here on Visa, and you're right. Uh, the Sports Betting
2: Network up next. A lot to get to with professional sports better Paul Stone. We'll ask him about... The process getting down on more than 30 college football bets so far.
1: Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Casino brings you a new era of your favorite games, including blackjack, roulette, slots, plus live dealer table games. And just this week, the DraftKings Casino has paid out some big wins. A player bet $20 and won over $110,000 on Divine Fortune. Another $3 bet won over $21,000 on Wheel of Fortune Megaways. A different big winner bet $5 and won $20,000 on Triple Red Hot 7's free games. Download the DraftKings Casino app today. New customers can claim a deposit bonus up to $2,000. Plus, DraftKings is starting you off with up to $50 and free credits just for signing up. So download the DraftKings Casino app and use code VSEN to claim this offer. Must be 21 or older for entertainment purposes only. No results guaranteed. See casino.draftkings.com for full details.
2: All right. Professional, sports, better, and uh knowledgeable on a lot of sports, but first and foremost, it is the great sport of college football. Paul Stone joins the program now, and he has made a bunch of bets, uh, future bets, games of the year, week one numbers. Uh, He's kind enough to take about a half an hour out of his time today to join us here on the program. Good day, sir. How are you?
4: Oh, man, just uh, great to be approaching Memorial Day and another uh, another summer, and good to be on uh, with you guys talking some college football.
2: You know, I said this uh, last segment, uh, years ago, in this racket, guys who I knew, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago, they're like, "Yeah, right around Memorial Day weekend is when I'll start to get ready for college football." Now, Paul, it's like, and Matt said, "You can't. There's no time off. I mean, this is a basically a 12-month sport. So you've adjusted, I'm sure, over the years as well, right? Like you, you had to be ready by mid-May because all of a sudden books are dropping these games of the year and week one numbers uh, sooner than ever.
4: Yeah, i tell you, with the expansion of sports uh, betting into more than, I guess, 30 states now and, and growing uh, each year, you've got some aggressive books out there uh, that are also competing with the Nevada books. And, you know, they're, they're getting these numbers out there as early as uh, early May. So you, you know they're going to drop earlier and earlier, and you just have to accelerate your process. And uh, like you said, there's really no time off. You've got to be sharpening your pencil almost uh, every day to get ready for these guys.
2: So tell us, I'm fascinated by this. Tell us about some of your travels then to get down on these bets. Which states you went to. And, uh, you know, if you want to get into the size of your bets and what it was like trying to get down, go ahead. The floor is yours.
4: Well, uh, you know, I'm in the eastern part of Texas, is where I reside. So I'm about 80, 90 miles from the Louisiana border and about a two hour drive from the physical retail sports books in Shreveport, Louisiana. So about two weeks ago, um, I, I made some. Uh, initial Week 1 bets and a number of Game of the Year bets uh, uh, at Caesar, Caesar Properties, the Week 1 bets, and then about 10 uh, Game of the Year bets there at FanDuel, took all underdogs there. Uh, I, was getting, I was betting on the kiosk, the uh, FanDuel location that I was betting at there in Shreveport, Louisiana, they have a retail sports book, but it has limited hours. doesn't open until about 1 p.m. or 2 p.m., I believe. So I was betting on the kiosk there in the casino and, uh, you know, able to get uh, 1000 or or 15, up to 1500 I think, a game uh, on those Game of the Year offerings. Uh, I came back a couple of days later to the same location to bet on the kiosk and pick off a few games that I had, uh, you know, taken a, a deeper look at and decided I wanted to bet those games. Uh, but this time, unfortunately, when I tried to bet a $1,000, uh, it went to the trading team. You know, I got a message on the t- kiosk that came back to me, said, uh, you know, you can only get $400, and they had a timer that counted down from four seconds. They gave me the four seconds to accept or reject the bet, and uh, of course, I didn't get antsy and start plugging in numbers, But uh, so I kind of got uh, limited uh, without, uh, obviously, any results or any history with those guys. So I don't know if they knew who I was or just the general thought of somebody betting these games at this time of the year. They must know something. Who knows uh, what their perspective is? But that's their prerogative. And unfortunately, that's the landscape we kind of exist in and and things you have to be concerned about.
1: Well, I guess uh, reputation spreads fast. They said, here comes Paul Stone. Mm. we got to limit his bets. Uh, Paul, I asked Brad Powers yesterday on uh, the show if he's had any troubles getting down bets, because Brad, just like you, bets a lot of college football numbers over the summer. And he said he really hasn't had many issues uh, so far. He can get down a dime, two dimes on most of these numbers. And by the way, Chris Andrews at the South Point is going to put up week zero, week one today, and he's got games of the year coming soon, maybe next week. If uh, I know, Paul, you come out to Vegas every year when Chris puts these numbers up, but they're getting up earlier and earlier at uh, different books across the country. This was a FanDuel book where you got limited. Is that right?
4: That is correct. That is, Matt. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so you have not run into issues being limited at any other books. Is that the only one so far?
4: Well, you know, I came out earlier this week, uh, Monday, uh, and left very early Tuesday morning to bet Circa's Week 1's sides and totals. You guys know that uh, Matt Metcalf and the gang put those numbers up I guess on Sunday maybe. So I came out for a quick trip. And, of course, they tell you the great thing about Circa uh, is they tell you what the the limits are, uh, and they stick to them. They were taking 3,000 on sides, 1,000 on totals. Uh, So I bet, I think, 21 games there at Circa, 11 sides and 10 totals. Didn't have any issues there. Uh, I bet some games also at at William Hill uh, there at the Four Queens when I was in Vegas, a couple of week one games. Uh, they let me bet what I wanted to. I didn't bet it, uh, the the biggest bet I made there was for for a dime, so no issues there. And then I have made some bet uh, bets at Caesars there in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, and hadn't had any issues. You know, betting up to a dime, fifteen hundred. And FanDuel did uh, in a different market. They did let me bet a thousand on Tiger Woods to make the cut in the PGA. So it was kind of a, a an issue, or uh, you know, being limited only on the college football. Oh. Uh, Week one lines, or game of the year lines, rather.
2: Okay. all right. So for the newer audience, then, I'm guessing the the games that you bet, on average, were moving sometimes several points. Um, Will you come back and try to grab a number on the other side for a middle shot in some of these games, Paul?
4: That's certainly part of my strategy, Mitch. I don't know how Brad and other guys operate. I'm sure they operate similarly. But, uh, you know, a game that you take uh, that, that crosses over a key number, um, you're certainly going to uh, use that position and leverage that position. I try if I've got a really good number with my original bet, I try not to bet more than fifty percent on the other side. If I come back for a middle opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, you know I've had it. I have I've had instances. It's been probably ten years ago, but. One year in the Texas at Texas Tech game, I think I had Texas Tech plus eleven and a half, and maybe Texas plus three and a half. Come the day of the game, so that was a that was a great ticket to have. But yeah, you certainly, uh, in some cases, you're going to use your position, or I do use my position to uh, create middle opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which teams did you notice right away that uh, your numbers kind of disagreed with what books were putting up or what odd ma- odds makers had? some of their games? Was there a team or two that were just like every game they post, like, oh my God, I got to bet this, I got to bet that on the same team?
4: I mean, you know, USC is a, a team that obviously who, who's done more or changed the composition of their roster and, and, and coaching staff more than USC in the offseason. Uh, you know, they've, they've gained those offensive guys through the portal. Caleb uh, Caleb Williams, the quarterback, they just got the wide receiver from Pitt, Jordan Addison, Travis Dye from Oregon, uh, Mario Williams from Oklahoma, the list goes on and on. So I figured they might have those guys ranked a little bit higher than I uh, do just based on public perception. And they did have the Trojans uh, slightly higher, so I faded USC on two of my Game of the Year tickets. And then Notre Dame's a, a team that I faded also twice. You know They've had some changeover. They've got a, a new quarterback's going to have to emerge this year. They lost a 1,000-yard rusher in Kyron Williams, a big-time receiver in Kevin Austin Jr., uh, lost their safety, Kyle Hamilton, first-time head coach in 36-year-old Marcus Freeman. So a lot of changes there at Notre Dame. That's a big marquee program, so I faded the Irish uh, two times as well.
2: Yeah, and you said uh, Stanford plus 11.5, one of the plays there against USC?
4: Absolutely. You know, and that's that's a game, you know, when you're doing this, one thing you have to be clear about in your mind, and it, there's some guesswork involved, but if you're taking a, a team like Stanford, and this might not be the best example because they might, hopefully they won't be getting more than that, but don't take a team on a future where you might, you know, if I take a ticket on a game in November, for instance, a game that's not going to be played for another five months, why am I going to tie up my a piece of my bankroll, maybe just a sliver, but why am I going to type a piece of my bankroll for five months if this same number is going to be available the week of the game? Mm -hmm. So you have to project, use your years of experience, and take numbers that you think are not going to be available. Stanford plus 11.5. I mean, this game last year, at the end of the season, based on my power rankings and using some other techniques, I think USC would have been a one-point favorite at Stanford at the end of 2021. And now that game's 11 and a half. I know Stanford was 3-9 and nine last year. They've only won 11 of their past 30 games. Uh, but, uh, then, you know, that, that number just seems a little bit uh, too high. They've got a talented quarterback in Tanner McKee, who's uh, one of the highest-ranked eligible players, quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft. So I thought it was just a little bit uh, too much excitement on the Trojans and took Stanford mm-hmm. Uh, plus the double digits uh, there in uh, in the early part of September. Eleven and a half
1: does seem like a high number. I was Man. thinking more or less than, less than a touchdown on that Man. game. Great analysis there
2: by Paul Stone. You can catch his podcast called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Hang tight. Uh, we're going to talk some more college football with you coming up next. Uh, some more of his uh, best bets. He made 31 of them. An SEC team gets a team that made the playoffs last year. Which way did he approach that game? We'll ask him next.
4: Follow the money on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Bet Rivers is your home for betting on the French Open. Log in any day of the French Open to receive a 20% profit boost that you can use in any live in-play bets on the tournament. The top half of the men's draw is absolutely loaded, and it's shaping up to be an amazing Grand Slam event. Get your free profit boost today and every day at BetRivers.com or on the BetRivers app terms and conditions apply see site for details we continue here talking college football with professional sports better Paul Stone he's on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. So again uh, for people just tuning in right now Paul go ahead and give us a, uh, a breakdown and a summary of the 31 bets that you've made so far in college football if you don't mind.
4: Yeah I made uh, of those 31 I actually made 21 of those at circa uh, earlier this week. Uh, 11 sides and uh, 10 totals, and then I made uh, 10 game of the year uh, bets to this point, uh, all on sides and all on underdogs. You know, it's not really my intention or my game plan to, uh, to bet all dogs when I go, uh, go in and start looking at the numbers, but it seems like that's kind of how it works out uh, for me on the games of the year. So that's kind of my uh, uh, breakdown of those 31 bets, just a, a general summary.
2: Yeah, there's an intriguing Week 1 matchup. I believe it is Week 1. I get Week 0 and Week 1 confused sometimes. But Arkansas, out of the SEC, they are getting Cincinnati. Uh, of course, Cincinnati lost a lot of talent from last year, but they did make the playoffs. Uh, I did notice one book had the Razorbacks 6.5. Another book had 7.5. So, of course, you're not going to take the bad number there. But did you bet the Hogs minus 6.5, or did you take the Bearcats plus 7.5?
4: I took Arkansas minus six and a half. And, and, you know, first of all, I'll say the job that Luke Fickle's done uh, at the University of Cincinnati the last five or so seasons there uh, is one that I rank as high as any job, any coach has done, anywhere. I mean, he's a great coach, and he's really developed that program. But Cincinnati, like you said, they lost a lot of people. They had a record, a school record, nine players selected in the NFL draft And five of those guys drafted in the first two days, in the first three rounds of the draft. So they've lost a lot of uh, top-shelf talent. There's a lot more, you know, out the door than just quarterback Desmond Ritter. Uh, They're going to have a guy who was with the program, kind of oddly enough. Their quarterback will probably be Ben Bryant. Uh, He was at the program a few years ago, but he transferred out to Eastern Michigan when Ritter was clearly going to be the starter. And now he's back at Cincinnati and probably going to be the starter at quarterback. But there's a drop-off there. Arkansas, what Sam Pittman's done there now in his third year, uh, the Razorbacks are just trending upward. Uh, I think six and a half's a little bit short, uh, so I took the Razorbacks minus six and a half over Cincinnati uh, there in Week One on September third in Fayetteville.
1: You know, I want to throw another SEC team at you quickly. Uh, I quoted you in a column I wrote this week for Point Spread Weekly, uh, focused on Alabama. DraftKings put up numbers on uh, seven of Bama's biggest games of the year and tied favored by at least 13 in each of those games that does not include the week 1 game where Alabama's a 37 and a half point favorite against Utah State. Paul, the win totals are going to go up and they are up in a couple places right now in college football. You think Alabama's win total should be 11 and a half juice to the over. So, points bet right now has Alabama's win total at 10 and a half over minus 225 and caesar's colorado has alabama at 11 over minus 140 uh which bet would you rather make and or would you bet them both because i i think uh over 10 and a half is almost like a free bet
4: man i tell you it does of course 2 and a quarters so that's pretty heavily juiced but uh yeah <laughs> right. I, I really thought it would be i think i told you i would make the line 11 and a half juiced right. to the over minus maybe minus 140 i think is what i came up with and that, that is a little bit surprising. I mean, this is a team that's going to have a, a great offense, and, uh, you know, they're Alabama. There's not going to be a huge drop-off there. So I might, you know, take, uh, take my unit and bet half of it at the, the over 10 and a half at, at minus, you know, 220 or 2 quarter uh, or whatever you describe there, and then take the other half and, and bet it uh, over 11 because I just can't see Alabama outside of an injury to Bryce Young who, you know, it's hard to right. predict those types of things, how they could win uh, less than 11 games in a 12-game regular season. I just uh, I don't think they're going to lose two games in the regular season.
1: That's the thing, Mitch. You bet a lot of futures in football. Anytime you bet a future, a quarterback injury is something that oh. could sink you if you bet the over, but that's about it for Bama. Yep. I still think even if Bryce Young went down, depending on what point of the season it happened, Bama could still win. Uh, 10 or 11 games. Certainly feasible. Uh, Paul, as you mentioned, you live in East Texas. You also know
2: that program, well, in Austin, the Longhorns up and down. Uh, Did you do anything with their win total at all, Um, if you noticed that, available anywhere? And then what about this game against Monroe, where they're laying 39.5 points, or that was the opener anyway?
4: I'll tell you, as far as win totals, I'm just starting to really work on those. And, and I try to do things right instead of do them quick. But mm. there, there is a – you know, you do have to be expeditious in your approach. So I really hadn't hit the win totals okay. uh, as hard as, as I typically would. You kind of got to pick and choose. But I did play uh, Louisiana Monroe plus 39.5 in this game. And I'm still seeing 38.5 available uh, there at Circa this morning. So I, I like Monroe with that number. I mean, you've got a Texas team that – has a lot of exciting additions on offense, and uh, they're going to be a good offensive team. If that offensive line jails, gets even mediocre, they're going to be a great offensive uh, offensive team. They still have a lot of questions on defense, uh, especially at the linebacker position. They're not a great defense. They're not a top-shelf defense. And they've got Alabama on deck after this game against Monroe. So you've got a situation where Texas could hypothetically be leading by 45 points late in the game, and Monroe scores that meaningless touchdown in the final minute, loses by 38, and you get the money. So I think it's just a little bit too high. I took Monroe plus 39.5 over Texas.
1: Any quick thoughts on uh, Alabama as a 14-point favorite at Texas? Uh, That game's in Austin on September 10th.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know... I think Texas has a shot, but, you know, based on their recent history and how they fared against top-shelf teams, um, you know, I, I just uh, don't know if you want to take Texas here. It's right. uh, You know, it's kind of a situation, show me first and then I'll believe, but you do try to get out in front of things like that. But there's going to be a lot of excitement in Austin. Uh, it's going to be 11 a.m. kickoff Central Time, which a lot of people in Austin are up in arms about but you know if you're Texas you <laughs> got to play the game wherever they want. whenever they tell you to play it wherever they tell you to play it and try to make the the best of it but Arkansas is so I mean or Alabama rather is so good offensively I was talking to somebody the other day I don't see how Alabama is going to score less than 42 points against that Texas defense <laughs> yeah, well. gonna score more. Yeah. so uh, but that's going to be an interesting game yeah.
2: we can go rapid fire here what'd you do with the Georgia Tech Clemson total of 52?
4: I took that game under. Uh, it's still going. It's still available. I think about forty nine and a half. Georgia Tech on the average twenty two points a game last year. Uh, they've lost their running back Jameer Gibbs, who's transferred to Alabama. So uh, I don't think uh, Georgia Tech scores more than fourteen points there. So I took that game under fifty two.
2: Very good. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, but the number that you grabbed on Cal against Notre Dame was what?
4: I took seventeen and a half. Uh, the Cal Golden Bears, uh, an offensively challenged team, but Justin Wilcox will once again have a great defense there in Berkeley. Uh, Notre Dame, not great as a double-digit favorite. California, on the other hand, really has thrived as a double-digit dog under Wilcox. Took the points there with California. I like that bet.
2: Yeah, what'd you do with this Florida State Miami matchup? Miami was laying nine and a half.
4: Took Florida State plus nine and a half. Uh, you know. Mike Norvell's had his challenges the first few years there in Tallahassee, but they closed strong last year, and uh, I think people are a little too excited about the Canes. I think nine and a half's the number is going to be lower than that the week of the game. I'm almost certain. I think it's November 5th, so I grabbed the 9.5, took the number uh, with the Seminoles.
2: Do you think Florida State is potentially sitting on a pretty decent season?
4: I think they are. I mean, they've added a lot of players, You know, I think he's got things settled down. You know, there's been a little turmoil and changeover in the program and the roster. But, uh, you know, they're not going to win the ACC. But I think they're a team that uh, might be a little undervalued, that we might take a look at early in the season. And that's kind of what we do as handicappers. We try to identify teams maybe that others might be overlooking, uh, whether it be to the negative or the positive. And I think Florida State might be a little bit better uh, than some people are anticipating.
1: Yeah, at some point we can have a deeper discussion into the uh, new coaches and how these teams might look a little bit different. But, Paul, your quick take on Oklahoma and how things are going to look different without Lincoln Riley. We've got like 45 seconds here, Paul.
4: I think it's going to be a, you know, a considerable drop-off. I mean, Brent Venable is a great defensive coordinator. He's brought a lot of energy to Norman. People are really excited about it. But that offense has routinely averaged over 40 points a, a game each season under Lincoln Riley. And with the changeover in talent and all the ex- exodus of talent, mostly to uh, Los Angeles, I just don't think they're going to do that this year. They're still not a great defensive team. I think Oklahoma is a team uh, that might fall off a little bit, and I think Texas might actually be the team to beat in wow. the Big 12.
2: Great stuff, man. Thanks for the previous half hour. Uh, love talking to you, getting the whole breakdown of what you had to do to get down these bets and uh, some of the bets that you actually fired on. You can fo- uh, follow Paul on Twitter. He's at Paul Stone Sports. That's also the name of his podcast, which you can get wherever podcasts are available. Thanks, pal. Uh, Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you
4: soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great weekend.
2: Up next, one of the best bets in sports got there again last night.
3: Meet Carl. Sir. Ever since he was a little boy, Carl dreamed of being baseball's greatest outfielder. There was only one problem. <laughs> Carl, you can play to win with BetRivers.com, featuring award-winning customer service, award-winning customer service, award-winning customer service, award-winning customer.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast,
1: is going on a road trip. I thought.